Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hey guys, it's Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast. And today we're going to be discussing one of my favorite stories in the Bible, actually. This is the story of the blind man from birth. I've always just really enjoyed this story because it's so different. And uh, the the blind man himself was just such a unique personality. So we're going to talk about this. Let's read John chapter 9, verses 1 through 23. I'm only going to be reading half of the story today because it's quite long. And uh, actually, it takes up the entire chapter. So I'll be doing a part one and then do uh, part two on Thursday for this story. So let's go ahead and read this. John 9, verses 1 through 23. As I always do, I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. Please feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of. Grab also that cup of coffee or your cup of tea or whatever beverage you are drinking this morning. And let's jump right in. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, This man didn't sin, nor did his parents, but that the works of God might be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and anointed the blind man's eyes with the mud, and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went away, washed, and came back seeing. The neighbors, therefore, and those who saw that he was blind before, said, Isn't this he who sat and begged? Others were saying, It is he. Still others were saying, He looks like him. He said, I am he. They therefore were asking him, How were your eyes opened? He answered, A man called Jesus made mud, anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went away and washed, and I received sight. Then they asked him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought him who had been blind to the Pharisees. It was a Sabbath when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Again, therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, I washed, and I see. Some, therefore, of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? So there was a division among them. Therefore, they asked the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. The Jews, therefore, didn't believe concerning him that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we don't know. Or who opened his eyes, we don't know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that if any man would confess him as Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. I'm telling you, isn't this just a fun story? It's so fun. So it says here that Jesus saw this man that was blind from birth. And so his disciples asked Jesus this question. They're like, okay, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, because he was born blind? Now, this was a a very typical and common ideology back in these days that if a person had some sort of uh, serious issue, like physical issue, that it was because they had sinned or because the parents had sinned. Now, we know that obviously 
stuff like that does happen due to sin, because if somebody is doing something wrong, there are consequences to that sin that might cause a person to have a a serious problem. But that's not always the case. And unfortunately, even nowadays, that is still kind of an ideology in the church that if you have cancer or if you have some sort of problem that it was because of your sin and like God almost like cursed you to have that problem. But we know that that's not the case because of what Jesus says here. This man didn't sin, nor did his parents, but that the works of God might be revealed in him. So sometimes God uses our pain and our suffering and our problems to reveal his own glory in some way or another. I know this to be very true from a man that deeply convicted me. This was right at the beginning of me going through my faith transformation. This guy named John Dreggy came and spoke at my church and uh, he, he very much affected me. He was, I don't remember what stage of brain cancer he was in, but he had very severe brain cancer, but he was like going out and running Ironmans and like (laughs) preaching with so much conviction that he was just an inspiration to me personally, like a faith inspiration. And so I, I aspired to be at that level of faith. And so hearing him speak was very eye-opening for me. And unfortunately, he passed away, I think right in the middle of 2020 during the whole COVID thing. But he he affected very many people. He affected a lot of people with his conviction and his faith and his stories and even him going out with brain cancer and, and doing an Iron Man. But I mean, John Dreggy is just a person I can think of who was really using his brain cancer for God's glory. Like God's glory was being revealed through his brain cancer. As as crazy as that seems and as awful as that seems, sometimes God uses those kinds of problems to reveal his glory. And there are plenty of other situations I, I can think of with this very thing. I don't know if you guys know the story of Laura Story, the songwriter, singer and songwriter, but her husband went through a huge brain problem years ago when they were like first married. And because of that, Laura Story wrote just a beautiful song that really affected tons and tons of people and continues to, continues to inspire people through her music, even though she had to deal with something so terrible as her husband going through that that brain problem. And I mean, think about just other stories out there like the, the guy from Mercy Me that wrote the song I Can Only Imagine, he wrote that because his dad died, you know? And uh, I mean, that's another way that God's glory was being revealed through something that we think as horrific. So God does show his glory through problems that have only come about because our world is fallen or because our world is just not perfect anymore. But God uses anything to reveal his glory. So it says here, Jesus says that uh, this blind man was being used to reveal God's glory. And so Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work while I am in the world. I am the light of the world. Now, this is a prophecy that is being fulfilled from Isaiah that talks about the Messiah is going to be the light. Not to mention, think about what Jesus is doing with this uh, with this miracle. He is about to heal somebody who is blind to make to make them be able to see. Jesus is literally removing the darkness from that man's eyes. 
And this is a prophecy that's actually being revealed about Jesus, that he's going to heal the blind. So when he said this, he spat on the ground and he made a mud with the saliva. I'm going to be honest with you. That is just nasty to me. <laughs> I, I am very grossed out by saliva. I don't like it. But he made this mud with the saliva. I don't know why, but he anointed the man's eyes with this saliva mud and told the man to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So notice how Jesus doesn't just heal him right away. Um, the man has to do some amount of work himself to go and be healed of his blindness. And also it took faith for that man to travel to the pool of Siloam. I don't know how long it would have taken him to get there. I'd guess not super long, but maybe an amount of time to go to this pool of Siloam. This man has to have faith to go to that pool, but also has to do some amount of the work, if you if you want to think about it that way, himself. God does require on our part an amount of faith and amount of work also to be healed or something like that. But anyway, this man goes and does it. And he went away, washed and came back seeing. <laughs> I wonder what that guy thought when he like opened his eyes and could see for the first time. So the neighbors said and those who saw that he was blind before, they're like, isn't that the guy who would sit there and beg? And they, the other people were saying, it's he. And still others were saying, it looks like him. And so he said, yeah, it's me. So they asked him, how were your eyes opened? So they're like, how are you now able to see like this? This is a miracle. Like, tell us about this miracle. And so he says, a man named Jesus made some mud, anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And so I went away and I received sight. <laughs> so this guy has no clue what happened. He, he really doesn't. He just tells the basic story because that's all he knew. He just knew that there was some mud on his eyes. Jesus told him to go and wash. He went and washed and he came back seeing. And so the people asked him, they're like, where is he? And he was like, I don't know, <laughs> which is amazing because <laughs> think about it. This guy was blind. He had no clue what Jesus looked like. It's such a silly question to ask him, like, where is he? What's he look like? <laughs> How could this guy know? He wouldn't know. How could he possibly know where Jesus is? So they brought him to the Pharisees. So the people were so astounded by this that they brought this man to to their the religious leaders because this was so astounding to them. And it was a Sabbath day. So that means it was a Saturday and technically Jesus was not allowed to heal on a Sabbath day. In fact, no one was allowed to heal anybody on a Sabbath day. A Sabbath day was meant to be drudgery, according to the Pharisees, even though that was not how it was supposed to be, according to Old Testament scripture. So the Pharisees asked the man how he received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes. I washed and I see. <laughs> oh, that's just it's so, it's so innocent, you know. I really like this guy. We're going to I'm going to talk more about him obviously on Thursday. We're going to talk about part 2. But this blind guy had a mouth on him. Like he he was not taking any of the Pharisees crap, honestly. It was it's quite funny. It's quite funny. We'll talk about it. So anyway, some of the Pharisees said, "This man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath." So they're talking about Jesus. Obviously, they're like, "Oh, this Jesus character, he's he's not keeping the Sabbath day." Which is so funny because if the Pharisees would have just like cracked open 
the Torah and really read about the Sabbath day instead of like making up their own rules, they would have known that Jesus was keeping the Sabbath day because it says in the Torah that it's fine to do good on the Sabbath day. It's it's encouraged to do good, to heal, to uh, to serve, to do things for other people on the Sabbath day because God cares about human beings. He cares about people. He loves people. And so he wants us, his, his children, to care about people as well. So the Pharisees are like, no, Jesus is, uh, Jesus is not from God. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. And others said, but how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? So all of a sudden there's like this division with the Pharisees because some of them are starting to think that maybe Jesus could be the Messiah. Some of them are beginning to wonder about Jesus because, I mean, people don't just heal each other's blindness. You know what I mean? Even nowadays, people don't go around putting mud on each other's eyes and healing blind people. It's not heard of. It's not done. The only person that can do it, obviously, is Jesus, who is God. So there's a division among the Pharisees, because some of them are beginning to understand that only somebody who is from God could really do these miraculous signs. So there was a division among them. This is also interesting because Jesus actually says that he did not come to bring peace. He came to bring the sword and that people would be divided against each other because of him. And it's funny, every story we've seen so far in the past few chapters, we've seen that people are very divided again, like uh, for Jesus or against Jesus. They're divided against each other. Some people are very much for Jesus and for Jesus's teachings and other people are very against him. And I mean, that's what Jesus does. He, he causes division. Even nowadays, there's a huge division between people who want to follow Jesus and those who don't want to follow Jesus. But anyway, the Pharisees having a division and so uh, they asked the blind man, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. I kind of wonder why they asked the blind man this question. It's almost as if like they, I don't know, needed this blind man to affirm them in some way. That's what it kind of sounds like to me. What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said he is a prophet. The Jews, therefore, didn't believe concerning him. So it sounds to me like they got kind of mad that the blind man believes that Jesus is a prophet. And so they didn't believe that he had been born blind. So they think that this is some sort of farce, I guess. They, <laughs> they think it's like a, uh, I don't know, trick that this blind man is playing on them. But I guess that's a human thing to think. I guess it's a human thing to think, but also... Since Jesus had been doing public ministry at this point and had already performed many healings, I suppose at this point, you would think that they would have heard about Jesus being Pharisees. Actually, they, they had heard about him. We know that based upon the next little bit, that if anybody said that Jesus was the Messiah, they'd be thrown out of the synagogue. So they knew who Jesus was, but yet they're, they're unwilling to believe that Jesus could possibly heal somebody of blindness. So they called the parents of the blind man and they asked them, is this your son whom you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? So they're like, okay, parents, is this your son? Firstly, secondly, was he born blind? 
I don't know how old this blind man would have been. I would guess um, definitely an adult and uh, within the working age, I'd guess maybe 20s to 40s, maybe, maybe older. I don't know. But um, he could have been older. But the parents who I would guess are more on the older side and are very, very scared of being kicked out of the synagogue because probably the synagogue is so important to them. And also being kicked out of the synagogue would make you an outcast in that society. It would make you um, an enemy of the Jews. You'd be a, a social outcast. So that's the last thing these parents want is to become social outcasts as they're getting older. That would be a very, very bad situation. So they are scared of the Jews and they say, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we don't know, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. He is of age, ask him, he will speak for himself. <laughs> yeah, so the parents are scared, very, very scared. And I, I honestly, I don't blame them. I do not blame them at all for being afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue. My family was actually kicked out of a church once. It was a very, very bad experience for my entire family. I was alienated from all the friends that I had. I was homeschooled, so all my friends were in that church, actually. And all of a sudden, I had no friends anymore. That was extremely difficult for me, being a social outcast. And I was only 13 years old. We left the church on my 13th birthday, actually. So that was quite difficult for me. But that's even if you think about it, being kicked out of the church for me was not really that bad, especially in today's day and age. Nobody really cares if you go to church or not. <laughs> so my family wasn't like shunned from the community and my dad was still able to go to work just fine and provide and, you know, take care of us and provide for themselves and have a house and whatever else they needed. So, I mean, if it's difficult nowadays, think about how much more difficult it would be back in these days to become social outcasts, especially if his parents were definitely older. So that's why they say he is of age. Ask him. So we'll see what the blind man's response is. Well, he's not blind anymore. We'll see what the man's response is to the Pharisees on Thursday. So tune in then to hear part two of this episode. And I hope you guys like the podcast. And if you do, please share it and tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists. I am so thankful for all of you who are continuing to tune in every single day. It is because of you that the uh, podcast is growing and, and spreading to more people. And I should mention that there are people in countries around the world right now who are tuning into the podcast that Christianity is actually illegal where they are at. So please keep them in your prayers. Anybody that tunes into the podcast that uh, who may be risking their lives to do that, keep them in your prayers. Friends and faithful listeners, I do hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day. Please feel free to contact me if you have a prayer request or anything like that. But guys, I will see you tomorrow for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Happy listening and God bless.